What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, is my turn yet? It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! Welcome everyone to the only third degree podcast on the airwaves. This is episode 29 of the WrestleGeddon Podcast, and we are, as always, your most illustrious host. I am Chris the Heat Matthews, and I am joined, like I am every week, by my man, Garrett G. Money Mun. What's going on? Not a whole lot. So, pretty solid week of wrestling. Um, but first, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pod. That's with two Ds. Uh, Twitter at Russell Gettin Pod with 1D because why? Twitter can only handle 1D. <laughs> uh, also like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Pod to stay up to date on all the happenings with the show. Also feel free to e- email us with any questions or comments or feedback um, to askrusselgeddon at gmail.com. So that's, uh, that's our housekeeping for the week. Um, call to action, all that fun stuff. So, uh, as always, we got a lot of, uh, actually, it was a pretty big news week, so let's jump into the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing one 945 All right, so... We want to start off with. We want to start off with. Uh, I kind of want to talk about the Hall of Fame rumors first. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> Yushin Thunder Liger and the Bella Twins rumored to join Batista and the shit selection of the NWO for the 2020 Hall of Fame. I'm cool with Liger. Super cool with Liger. No, you know he's only had like a couple matches for WWF, WWE. Um, the most recent being was it 2015 against Tyler Breeze at the uh, first NXT TakeOver. I think so. Um, which was a phenomenal matchup. Um, but of course, like everyone knows, Liger's storied career throughout New Japan, um, ECW, WCW, Ring of Honor. Um, no qualms, no problem. He, he has a Hall of Fame career. And, you know, for the WWF to reach out, Possibly and add him to that Hall of Fame it is just the icing on the cake, especially for the U.S. audience. So hopefully that'll help other fans discover Liger's body of work and go back and watch some of his older matches. But the Bellas, whether the Bellas honestly contributed to the business to be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, well, you know. Nikki was the longest reigning uh, Divas champion for like a year and a half, you know? She's so deserving. So deserving. You, you, you hear that? You hear that in my voice? Are you that, being sarcastic? That, that sarcastic bullshit I'm saying. <laughs> the fuck they do. I just, like in all honesty, like everybody tries to credit the Bellas for the women's revolution. Yes, they were mouthpieces. You know, to try to spark some change. But in all honesty, 
in my opinion, I think it was a personal bias for them to get them more exposure um, on the the Bella brand, so to say. Um, but during that time frame, you had people like Beth Phoenix, um, Natalia, who were pushing harder in the ring to make women's wrestling more serious than the Bellas were. We're talking about two women who would swap places with each other, you know, twin magic, and then, con- you know, compete in, like, bikini contests and all this other crap. So, I mean, but I will give props to Nikki because she actually, towards the end of her career, actually did try to take things a little more seriously, and she did try to get better in the ring, which she did, and you could tell. Whereas Bree just got progressively worse. Like, to the point where she's, like, botch Bella. So, yep. But I don't feel their, their Hall of Fame material right now. Maybe in, like, five, six years? Sure. But there's other people like Miss Elizabeth, a solo induction for China, Victoria, um, hell, even Melina. Deserve deserve a Hall of Fame induction before the Bellas do. Yep. Oh, what else we got? <clears throat> Cena returns to SmackDown this, on the 28th. Yes. So I'm not sure what that's going to be about. Hopefully it's probably going to be something involving WrestleMania, um, which I wouldn't be surprised on that one at all. Now, if I saw this correctly, Bailey's defending the title against Carmella on SmackDown this week. Yes. So, so we won't. So that will not be at Extreme Rules. So there's definitely no way that Bailey is losing that title. Um, hopefully, this will set up a more definitive story because pretty much the the SmackDown Women's title is up in purgatory right now for WrestleMania. Yep. There's not been a clear challenger defined yet, so which is insane because like we've already got you know. We've established Shayna Baszler and Becky. You mean the vampire? The vampire. <laughs> or the pit bull. Yeah, whichever one. <laughs> and um, we're, it's pretty much written in stone that we're getting Charlotte and Ripley. So what's going on with Bailey? Like, will Sasha Banks return and maybe cost Ripley, cost Bailey, or help Bailey, and then, you know, turn on her, you know, typical Sasha Banks fashion? Like, not sure. Um, rumored for WrestleMania, Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Is that something anybody really wants to see at this stage in Undertaker's life slash career? Mm, no. I mean, I think Taker just needs to kind of, you know, call it quits. You know, I said, get the boots, leave them where they are, leave the hat on top. Just, uh, you don't have to come there for WrestleMania. We get it. I have to be there all the time. I mean, it's not it's not fun anymore. You know, since he had that that loss to Lesnar. Yep. So ever since then, like the whole mystique of the Undertaker and the, the streak and WrestleMania just was just gone. Like it lost everything. Then we had the perfect opportunity to pass the torch on to somebody else when Undertaker faced Bray Wyatt, but of course. Undertaker defeated Wyatt, so which is, I don't know. But uh, the biggest piece of news to come out this week, 
The Rock's daughter, Simone Johnson. Um, it's Pebble Johnson. Pebble Johnson. Sorry, Pebble. <laughs> Simone Johnson, the newest member of the Samoan dynasty and the first ever fourth generation superstar to report to the Performance Center this week. I'm excited for this. So am I. No. Super excited. I mean, you think about someone who has a wealth of knowledge at her fingertips. Like the, the, the sheer advantage that she has over anybody else coming into the performance center with, you know, Afa and um, Rikishi, The Rock. Like she's got even Nia Jax, Tamina, um, the Usos, even Naomi. Like this whole big family around her that she can draw knowledge from and train with and learn the ropes with. Is just is phenomenal for her. Yep. So, but I think I think a lot of people are going to be expecting big things from her. So I hopefully, I think they should. Hopefully, she can. Hopefully, she's up to that. So. All right, but that's gonna that's gonna round out the ringside news. Now uh, let's get into some figure news. One of my other favorite parts. Uh, Elite 76 is available for pre-order now on Ringside Collectibles. Uh, that set includes Otis and Tucker, first time in the line. Lacey Evans, first time in the line. New John Cena with his uh, dad hair. A uh, Christian Brood Chase, or Christian Brood figure, um, which will also be the chase for that line. And New Braun Strowman. I don't know why we keep getting Strowman figures. He doesn't change his look. Like, nope. nothing really... He just has the same shit. Nothing's really different. And there's top talent Strowman figures still sitting on most store shelves. So. Yep. Um, so, yeah, but I'm excited for the Christian uh, to go with the, the debut Edge that they put out a while ago. So, I'm pretty psyched for that. And I want to see what the um, the chase is going to be. Like, what color the uh, ring gear is going to be for Christian. Um, Lacey Evans' first figure is kind of exciting as well. Her first Elite. Um, I can tell you right now, it's probably going to be a hell of a figure to find. It's going to be Otis. Yeah. With the, with the tear that he's been on. And, and uh, unfortunately, I feel like a is going to be the shelf warmer for this one. So here's what you got to do, guys. You got to buy your Otis figure. You got to set him up with his arms open like this. Put your Manny Rose figure in his arms. And then you take that picture. That's how you need to have Otis on your shelf. Yep. So anything and, else is wrong. And of course, you got two Mandy Rose figures you can choose from with the, the basic that came out last year and the Elite 75 Mandy Rose, which hands down like trumps the basic um, with the whole ring gear and everything like that. So which is also available and shipping now from Ringside Collectibles. So yes. Yeah. Um so that's Elite 76 off of pre-order. That's pretty much the biggest thing that has dropped so far. Um, if you are a Patreon subscriber for the major wrestling figure podcast, uh, Hawkins and Ryder had some breaking news earlier this week that Mattel and Target are canceling the network spotlight series. Um, kind of sucks because we only got two waves of that to begin with. Um, we did finally get the second wave, the release of the Wendy Richter that was supposed to be in the uh, three pack. Um, and we also got the Ultimate Deletion Matt Hardy, uh, which of course comes with Scars Guard, uh, Vanguard One, 
and I think there's something else in there too. But um, but it's cool that we found that we did get that figure released. Um, but they did say that there will be a new series that they'll be announcing at New York Toy Fair um, coming up the weekend of February 22nd. Uh, they had also stated with that that they have long-term plans for this exclusive line. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to find out what this is. Of course, I get excited every year for Toy Fair because I feel like we get more reveals for Toy Fair than we do for uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And then it's gonna pretty much going to set the tone for the rest of the year. Um, hopefully we'll see some Elite 77, which they have not shown anything for yet. Um, rumored to be in that line is the first Fiend Elite figure. So I'm kind of psyched for that. So that's the uh, the figure news. But I believe we have something else lined up for this as well. Uh, G Money tells me we have a figure unboxing to do. We do. So. I uh, I went to a, a Target in my area and I found this amazing figure. I had to hide it and uh, I wanted to open it on the show. Because I found a Velveteen Dream. What? Yeah, buddy. I did. <laughs> you know and This it. is the Elite 72 Velveteen, which is the set that is supposed to have um, store exclusive Tommaso, or not Tommaso, Ciampa. Um, 72's got um, Paige and Ono. It's supposed to be exclusive to that series Target exclusive. So where did you find that? At? Uh, the Target on North Hills. North Hills. They had another one if you want to go That's, get it, but uh, I highly doubt it's still there. Someone had just bought the Ono from that side. So in one of our local figure groups. So. There's actually another one there if you needed it. And they also have, uh, what was it, Series 3 of the Ultimate... All the ultimate, yeah. ultimate elites with uh, ultimate Triple elites H and, and Finn. They had, uh, Finn. I think, two of each, I think. Which that Finn is amazing. So the oh, cool yeah. thing with this Velveteen Dream when this came out, like they had actually. Well, there's one thing on it I find weird, and I want to like look at. It. So he's wearing a brown shirt, like undershirt. Yeah. And it looks like they didn't actually like make it a shirt. They just like kind of painted his skin. You see what I mean? That looks like his skin's painted. Huh. That's kind of weird. But the cool thing with the tiger that Dream is wearing was something that he's never wrestled in, but he did make an appearance in it with a uh, promo um, during his uh, uh, brief feud there with Roddy for the North American Championship. Velveteen Dream. And this one also comes with the North American title. This is a really awesome figure. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it looks yeah, they it looks like they just painted the shirt on. It looks weird. Yeah, it does look weird because like you can see his abs and his chest and everything in there too, like how defined it is. And then you got like the the printing of the shirt. Which is kind of weird though. But it does come with uh, interchangeable hands as well. So, of course, he's got the uh, hands you can do the signature Velveteen Dream pose with. Which that is pretty awesome. 
Face scan on these at True Effects Face Scan is yeah, amazing. It's, it's so. face scan on I do say though, I this one I was kind of on the fence of getting to begin with, but um, the first Elite that they put out with them was really good too. It's, I just like that ring attire better than this one, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. North American title looks pretty awesome as well. So they really nailed that one. Oh yeah, that that looks really good. That is cool. Now, if you were a uh, long-time listener to the podcast, you know I'm a huge Velveteen Dream fan. It took me a while to get uh get Garrett on the uh, the Dream bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, I found a figure and now I have, I I got it. Yeah. Pretty sweet. All right. So that's going to wrap up the news and the figure news for this week. Uh, So we're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, Next will be the Get in the Ring segment, which is sponsored by Bright Rose Events and Dates in a Box, um, which will give you a little rundown on that. Um, the The little brief little advertisement there. But um, you can check that out at datesinabox.cratejoy.com and sign up for your subscription there. You can use the promo code WrestleMe20 to save 20% off your order. So that's WrestleMe20 to save 20% off your order. So we're going to take a brief break, hear a little bit from our sponsor, uh, Dates in a Box, and we'll be back with the Get in the Ring segment. Stay tuned. What's up, WrestleGeddon podcast fans? This is Rose with Bright Rose Events. Here to announce we have a new subscription box for all your tingling sensations. Check out www.cratejoy.com and research dates in a box. Even wrestling fans need love, too. And so you can get your wrestle on with the one you love. Have a date night delivered to your house every month for you and that special someone. That's www.cratejoy.com. Searching dates in a box. Alright, we are back. So, let's get in the ring. Alright, so, get in the ring. Let's run down the uh, weekly happenings. Um, New Japan, New Beginning, uh, Night 1 and Night 2. Um, we're not going to run down the whole card for that. There's a lot for that one. Um, but the couple things that stood out, uh, John Moxley retained against Suzuki. Um, after the match, he was attacked by Zack Sabre Jr., um, basically, Saber pretty much said that he wants a shot at the U.S. title um, after the match as he posed with the title. So that should be a pretty interesting match, uh, especially with those two like completely different styles. Um, of course, with Saber being more like you know aerial and submission specialist, and you know Moxley being more of a brawler, uh, which you saw with that match with Suzuki and the entire buildup uh, between Moxley and Suzuki. So. Uh, we also had Naito defending both the Intercontinental and the New Japan 
heavyweight championship. Um, defended both of those against Kenta and retained in a uh, pretty solid matchup for those two as well. Uh, Ring of Honor Free Enterprise was also this past Sunday. Um, run down some quick stuff for that. Uh, Mark Haskins defeated Alex Shelley. Uh, Vincent and Bateman defeated Joe Hendry and Dalton Castle. Uh, Flip Gordon defeated Slex. Alex Zane defeated Andrew Everett. The Briscoes defeated Max Blood. Mexi Blood, sorry, Mexi Blood. Uh, there was a battle royal for the ROH for a title shot at the ROH championship, which was won by Flip Gordon. Uh, Session Moth Martina debuted and defeated Sumi Sakai, which I don't like Sumi. Like I, I don't know. I just like from watching Ring of Honor. Like I'm granted she's a legend um, in Japan and you know to most inter, of course independent wrestling fans, but I've, I'm just not a fan. Uh, we had a Proving Ground match, which saw Jeff Cobb and Dan Math defeat Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Brody King defeated Ray Horace. And Marty Skrull and PCO defeated Nick Aldis and Roosh. Um, also, after that, we had a uh, counter offer from Marty Skrull in regards to um, Nick Aldis's stipulation that if um, Nick beats Marty at the next at the Crockett Cup. Uh, Marty would have to pay everyone's ticket, pay for everyone's ticket, pretty much in attendance. Uh, Marty counteroffered by saying that he will uh, write out a check for what was it five hundred thousand dollars, something like that. I think it was half. It was like or half a million dollars, something like that. Well, because he calls it, yeah, yeah, he calls it the what the whatever, basically. Because that's how much he feels the championship's worth or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Good so, stuff. But um, everything that I've read um, for the Free Enterprise show, um, every, everyone is saying that it's one of the best shows that Ring of Honor has done um, in comparison to the last few pay-per-views that they've done. So you can really see, just by looking at this um, match card and the results, you can see Marty's fingerprints all all in this. Yep. Um, you know, Flip Gordon's finally getting a shot, and he'll take on PCO uh, for the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship. Um, just, just amazing. So hopefully they can get their act together with Marty running things, um, doing the booking and all the other stuff, and maybe they'll get their TV show back in line. And you know, we won't get like clips and cuts and all this other shit, and we'll actually get a solid TV show again. So. Ah, Raw. I don't usually ever watch Raw. I mean, it's good sometimes. (laughs) Um, There's not really much. There wasn't a whole lot that came out. Um, Becky took on Asuka again, uh, which was a great match. Um, After the match, Shayna attacked Becky. um, Bites her on the back of the neck like a rabid pit bull. So much blood everywhere. Uh, to the point where, like, they're taking Becky out and telling her she has to go to the hospital. You mean fake blood? Fake blood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they pull Becky out, tell her she has to go to the hospital, then she pulls some, like, GTA shit and steals the ambulance. Yep. And then leaves and then comes back. By the time she gets back to the arena, Shayna's already gone. So, like, then there was no follow up on NXT. 
So you think that maybe we would have had Becky show up on NXT to try to find, you know, hunt down Shayna. Nothing. But um, I can pretty much pretty much think that this is um, Shayna's call-up to the main roster. They're, they, they're running that. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley destroyed Sarah Logan. Really wasn't much for that. It was furthering the... Uh, uh, story arc to uh, Charlotte and the WrestleMania title shot. Uh, this one, the next one, Orton um, came out to deliver a promo. Still, I guess, trying to explain wh- why he did what he did to Edge. Um, interrupted by Matt Hardy, who cut probably one of the best promos he's cut in his entire career. Um, outside of the, the broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Um, and he pretty much got laid out. He did put up a little bit of a fight, but he did catch an RKO and then caught a concerto. Um, after that, Matt Hardy tweeted goodbye. So, I guess Matt Hardy is uh, um, winding I've, down his career. With WWE. Everything I've read, he's done. And his contract expires at the end of the month, at the beginning of March. His contract's up. I heard he's done, but I heard Jeff wants to come back and get back in it. Well, the issue with Jeff, though, too, is even if he decided not to re-sign a contract because he's been out so long with injury, they'll just add that on to his contract like they did with um, uh, Dash and Dawson and Harper, like everyone that's been trying to get out of their contracts. So and they'll probably add like at least another six months onto Jeff's contract. So, uh, main event, we saw Rollins, AOP, and no longer Buddy Murphy. But now just Murphy um, take on Kevin Owens, Samoa, the returning Samoa Joe, and the Viking Raiders. Uh, pretty solid matchup. Is the same stuff that we've seen every week between uh, these eight guys for like the last three, four weeks now. Um, Impact Wrestling Tuesday nights. The biggest thing that we saw come out of that was Jordan Grace dethroning Taya's historic 377 day reign as Knockout Champion. A lot of speculation with this, with Taya losing the title, um, with her possibly leaving Impact, and that's the the big arc. Is essentially, pretty much, if you lose the title now, it means that you're leaving the company for some reason. So, Maybe like, too much to go with their uh, go with their husband or boyfriend or wherever he is. <laughs> but I think I don't think she would be a um, should be a welcome. Oh, addition to whatever women's roster she goes to, agreed. whether it be NXT, WW, um, Raw, SmackDown. Um, but I guess she'll probably end up NXT first and then um, probably be transitioned to uh, NWA Power, one of the most looked forward to wrestling programs of the week. Uh, we had opening match the Bouncers taking on the Dawsons. Um, Bouncers, man. The bouncers brought it. So, love the bouncers. Beer City Brewers. I was going to say, my, like, my like favorite thing in that entire like match is there's a part where Stu Bennett's like, where's my beer? <laughs> oh, man. They filled, I was fucking dying. They filled the Crockett Cup with like just a mix of everyone's beer that was there. Oh, man. James Storm was drinking out of it. Brian Malonis, Beer City Bruiser. Then they gave it to E. Lie Drake uh, to drink from, and he just you know 
drink about his put out a water cup. <laughs> pour some water in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that was awesome. So, um, so yeah, so the bouncers defeated the Dawsons. Uh, Melina took on Tasha Steeles, of course, defeated Steeles. Uh, Melina had a fire promo. Um, that that's probably one of the best promos that I've I've heard Melina drop, and I'm a huge fan of Melina. Um, so next week she's going to take on Thunder Rosa for the women's title. Yeah. So because she runs NWA, so she makes the matches. Well, apparently, she makes the stipulations in the matches. So. It was sanctioned by her. So, uh, more likely, we'll probably see that match next week anyway. So, if not, they may just push it off till the uh, the Crockett Cup. But we shall see. We shall see. But you know, tapings aren't even done. And so. um, I actually kind of looking forward to that. Will Thunder Rosa retain against Molina, or will Molina become the new women's champion? Uh, good question. So, uh, let's see. We had uh, Matt Cross return again this week to take on Ricky Starks. Or Tony Starks, as Skater Boy 33 likes to call him. Punk-ass bitch. Right. Wait, <laughs> are you upset that uh, that your your boy got his, his, his throat damaged and now he can't talk? So he has to hold out some bitch-ass signs, can barely fucking write on a cardboard piece, and like throw it on a up. skateboard. You know why there isn't a skateboard? Because he knows he doesn't fucking skate. And he just like, oh, let me just throw it on my skateboard. It's not how I use this bullshit anyway. He's that guy you see like skate, like trying to skate down the boardwalk with like women walking by. He's like, hey, you want to see some sick tricks? <laughs> uh, well, we always hating on goddamn Darby Allen. Darby Allen, <laughs> I'm gonna hate on him. He's the best ever. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Starks and uh, Matt Cross went to a time limit draw. Uh, which then brought out outlandish Zicky Dice again. So, love me some Zicky Dice, man. Wasn't quite sure when he first popped on the scene, but that dude has grown on me like a bad rash. So. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Zicky Dice is awesome. Um, he pretty much came out. I think he, what he laid, if I'm correct, he laid down a challenge, right? He laid down a challenge. Uh, I, know, I know he ran down Starks for not getting the. So. He ran down Starks pretty much for not getting the job done, and you know, and talking about how he always finishes the job. Yeah. So, but uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, main event we saw Strictly Business take on the Rock and Roll Express, which was the team of. Actually, I missed Tom Lattimore take on uh, Tim Storm, which Lattimore actually beat Tim Storm. Um, Strictly Business. Took, which was the team of Aldis and Rice Isaacs taking on the Rock and Roll Express. Um, Strictly Business picked up the win over that one. But I will say, with um, with the Bouncers and Marty and Flip all making appearances with Ring of Honor, or not Ring of Honor, but NWA, I love the fact that NWA is working with Ring of Honor again. I agree. So, I think it's good for both brands, actually. Yeah, getting some more eyes on there, um, more exposure. I, Marty, Marty's like the bridge. I think is gonna connect, like a lot of these promotions. So yeah, I've been we, thinking we about. We keep saying this like every week. I've been know? thinking about something. I thought about it watching uh, NWA this week. <laughs> so, what they should do for the Crockett Cup? Because I do a bunch of tag teams. Yep. They should have. This is how they should set it up. 
They should have Ken Anderson and a mystery opponent versus Colt Cabana and a mystery tag partner. Sorry, I meant tag partner. That's what they should do. That way they get two more guys on the on the team. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see like I'm sure we'll see the Briscoes again, Rock and Roll Express involved in the Crockett Cup. Um I mean they're they're not gonna do the Crockett Cup without putting Morton and Gibson in there. So um maybe we'll see a pairing of villain enterprises, maybe um uh has not Haskins. Fucking okay, Brody King and um Flip Gordon. Oh that'd be pretty cool. Yep. So, kinda of looking forward to it. Bouncers, maybe. Oh yeah. Love to see some bouncers in the Crockett Cup. So, well, that's gonna be an awesome event when they finally, which they're actually supposed to tell us next week, um, the time and place or the date, time and place for the Crockett Cup. So, so they finally nailed down an arena, uh, nailed down a date for it, and that's supposed to be in April. So, looking forward to seeing when uh, when it's actually gonna air. Uh, AEW this week, uh, two big things that came out of this. Nyla Rose is your new AEW's Women's Champion, um, defeating Rio in actually a pretty solid match. My only complaint with this is how the hell is Rio suplexing Nyla Rose? She not. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Not happening. Rio is 98 pounds. Maybe. And she's suplexing Nyla Rose. That's the only thing that is not believable for me with this match. But it is cool to see someone who actually um, is on AEW Dynamite weekly uh, since her suspension has been up um, in Nyla Rose. And then the other question with us, though, too, is who do you run against Nyla Rose now? Yeah, because it makes sense to run Britt Baker because she's a heel. It's turned her heel. Um, like you've got. Could do like well. Chris Statlander. Like, I was gonna say Statlander, um, but. Um, what's her face? Um, it's not Sheeta. Um. I know you're talking about. Yeah, the one that brings out the kendo stick. Yeah. Can't remember what the hell her name was. What are you talking about? Yeah, Sakura. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I like her. Like she could be a valid contender. Plus, she had some issues with Nyla Rose in that Fatal Four Way match that they had um, at the end of the year, or the first Dynamite of the year, or something like that. The one where uh, Statlander was supposed to take on Rio. Yep. But they bumped that to the next week for that Fatal Four Way. Um, we could see that happen, but I really think that the the most legit competitor right now to take on Nyla Rose in AEW is going to be Chris Statlander. Yep. Then we can feud Statlander with um with Rose for a little bit and eventually lead to maybe a Statlander title win and then move Statlander on to face Britt Baker. Yep. Uh what else happened? And we had the there's actually a tag team opening contest, uh, which saw Hangman Omega take on SCU. Uh beginning of the match, we had the Dark Order come up on the big screen talking about, you know, Telling everyone at the ring they need to be on notice, all this other stuff. And then Daniel says, you know, I'm gonna go check it out. And Daniel's like leaves before the match starts. My biggest thing with this is after the match ends, the dark order storms the ring. Where's Daniels? Yep. Daniels never came out. We got the Young Bucks. 
basically, just about every tag team that's going to be involved in this tag team battle royal next week came out. Um, we got the Young Bucks. We got the best friends. Where was Daniels? Yep. I'm calling it right now. Christopher Daniels is the exalted one. Gotta be. There's no reason, like, why they're not beating down Daniels every week, but they're beating down everyone else around him. You know, he goes, doesn't kind of hit the ring when the Dark Order hits the ring, like, to beat people down. You know, they come out for the save. So, it's Daniels is the exalted one. It's the most sense right now. Uh, what else we have? The big thing, we had a promo teasing the uh, debut of Jeff Cobb who later debuts uh, to beat down John Moxley as he is Jericho's hired hitman, apparently. I kind of feel that running the promo for Cobb and then having him debut the same night just kind of killed the much louder reaction that he could have got if he had just come out at the end of the show without running that promo beforehand. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. They should have just had him debut. Um, if you don't know who he is, well, that's your loss, not mine. <laughs> uh, let's see. NXT. We'll round out the uh, uh, weekly happenings for this. Uh, had a pretty good match. Start off the show with Roddy. Um, how was it? Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed, yes. Pretty solid match for that, which ended in a uh, promo between Roddy and Dream, uh, which Dream was still rocking the uh, the tights with uh, Marina and Roddy's kid on there, and of course the uh, the call me across Dream's ass, <laughs> which was great. Uh, we also had a great match between Johnny Gargano and Cameron Grimes. I'm a big Cameron Grimes fan, a big Johnny Gargano fan, so that was a a really solid matchup between the two of them. Uh, Leo Rush is your new number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship, defeating Angel Garza. So he will take on Jordan Devlin. Um, I think that's next week, actually. They announced a whole bunch of matches for next week. So the uh, NXT after TakeOver Portland. And then the main event saw Adam Cole defeat Kushida in a uh, very hard-hitting and somewhat fast-paced and technical main event. NXT uh, was a pretty great show. And Bianca Belair just completely destroyed um, Uh, Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett. Like, it was a very quick match. Belair has been pretty impressive lately. But unfortunately, um, actually, why don't we just jump into our preview for NXT TakeOver Portland because we're going to talk about... (laughs) um, Bel Air versus Ripley anyway. Uh, the show, pretty much, uh, we've got every title is on the line except, you know, the tag team titles are on the line. I was going to say except tag, but it is. Uh, every title is on the line for TakeOver Portland. Um, Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijakovic for the North American title. I'm going with Keith Lee to retain on this one. Yep. Oh. Bask in the glory that oh, is Keith Lee. That promo that they aired this week, too, with Mark Henry running down like the, the traditional big man and then talking about how Keith Lee and Dijakovic had broken that mold. Talking about like uh, 
<laughs> oh, what do you say? Um, uh, Dijakovic was a uh, six foot five something, but moves like he's two oh five. So mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. So, uh, so we've got that one. We've got uh, Finn Balor taking on Johnny Gargano. Um, I can see Finn picking up the win for this one, so I'm, I'm going to pick Finn. Um. Yeah, I think Finn's gonna win. Oh, uh, so we got street fight: Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. That's a tough one. It is very tough. No. But I'm going with Knox, so she can get her revenge. Yep. And it's kind of like what they did with uh, Candice LeRae and um, Io Shirai. Candice actually picked up the win over Shirai to kind of blow that feud off. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. We all Ripley, know Ripley's winning. Ripley's retaining. I'm kind of interested in this because I'm wondering if Charlotte's going to get involved, possibly maybe costing Belair the title and leading to either a match with Belair or adding Belair to the WrestleMania match for a triple threat match. We'll have to see. So, um, undefeated. Undisputed Era defending the tag team titles against the Broserweights. Will we finally see Fish and O'Reilly dethroned as tag team champions? Yes. You think so? Yes. I can see it happening too. Yeah. Like just the the over the chemistry between Riddle and Pete Dunn is just amazing. For one, they gel very well in the ring together, even though you know, they do have like contrasting styles. And like the just the freaking vignettes that they showed on NXT this week with them trying to get to Portland, which is freaking hilarious with like Riddle playing like your comedy guy, and then like Pete being your straight guy. It was just it was awesome. Oh, um, and finally to round out Takeover Portland, Adam Cole, baby, taking on Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. Does Goldie go back to daddy? Goldie goes back to daddy. And UE has zero titles left. After Portland, I'm calling it. Think so? Calling it. I'm, um, I'm sticking with Cole retaining. I think UE is going to get involved and help Cole keep that title. So, yeah. Yep, yep. Be interesting nonetheless. And that is a really stacked takeover card. Like every takeover generally is. I'm really looking forward to it. And that is Sunday night, the 16th. That's going to be awesome. Psyched. So that is going to wrap up our Get in the Ring segment, at least as far as the weekly runnings. Um, we're going to actually roll into this with the our continuation of our celebration of Black History Month. Uh, that's actually... G Money's starting to pick this week, so I'm going to hand the mic over to him and let him run down his pick for our featured uh, superstar for Black History Month. All right. All right, all right. Uh, My pick this week is, uh, you know, Mark Henry. You know, sexual chocolate, uh, whatever you want to call it. He's the band. uh, World's strongest man. World's strongest man. We're going to go through it. The curator of the Hall of Pain. Yep. 
<laughs> so, uh, six foot four over 300 pounds, Mark Henry came to the ring with a big impact. Like I said, whether it was sexual chocolate or this time with the nation, uh, domination with Baruch, the Brock, uh, all the other guys. I don't know why I can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, <laughs> D-Lo. D-Lo and the Godfather. They don't matter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but every time he came in the ring, everyone knew they were up for a fight. Um, he was trained by the late Leo Burke, Brett, and Stu Hart also, which is something I did not know until I went through some of this. Um, but yeah, um, and then before he was in WWE, as a lot of people know, he had a great powerlifting career. Um, he won a couple Pan America medals. I think one was a gold. I don't remember exactly. I know he won a gold and a silver. I don't remember exactly which ones they were, uh, in what categories. And he also won, won and became world's strongest man and held that title for quite some time. Um, some of the records he did while he was doing a lot of his weightlifting and World's Strongest Man are records that are still in powerlifting today, which is quite amazing because there's a lot of strong-ass dudes. Um, so yeah. Um, some of his accomplishments, um, he was ECW champion, uh, World Heavyweight champion, uh, WWF European champion, and he is also a Hall of Famer. Well-deserved indeed. Um, some of the feuds I remember with him, um, his feuds with John Cena, his great match, uh, with against Undertaker at WrestleMania and the casket match is pretty good. Um, some of his matches with Big Show, if you really want a big impact, aren't too bad either. So, yeah. I remember that WrestleMania. That's, um, Undertaker dove out of the ring over the casket. Yep. On to Mark Henry. Yep, I remember. I've seen that match numerous times. So, yeah, good stuff. So, you got a match recommend- recommendation for the people who are not familiar with Mark Henry, the just, WrestleMania? Yeah, man. All right. Yeah. If you want a big impact, I don't remember what uh, what match it was, but if you want to watch the Mark Henry Big Show match where they're, uh, they explode the ring, all you <laughs> do is type in your YouTube, you'll find it easy. Nice. So that's going to round out our Get in the Ring segment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back uh, with another one of my favorite segments, Push Fire Barry. Um, we actually do not have a Q&A this week, and we're going to round out the show with trivia. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, and we are back. So we are going to jump into um, one of my favorite segments, Push Fire Berry, where each week we throw a bunch of names 
um, sometimes with a theme, sometimes without, into a randomizer. And the first three that we get, we have to choose whether or not we're going to push that person, fire that person, or bury them. Uh, this week, we are going to do managers. Um, so basically, we decided to break this down as to who we would push, who we would fire, who we would bury based on their overall mic skills. So I believe it is my turn this week. All right. So here we go. Fire up the Randomtron 3000. And my first one is Ted DiBiase. Sunny. And Luna Vachon. Okay. Um, I'm going to fire Sunny automatically. Um, mic skills weren't... Like, she was, she was decent on the mic. She wasn't the greatest. Uh, but she did manage, you know, Chris Candido, who was a huge... Superstar um, outside of WWF, unfortunately, um, really didn't see the success that he should have as, you know, part of the body Donnas, but he did see uh, major success in ECW um, as being a part of the triple threat and then saw some success in WCW, but um, Sonny herself, not a big fan of. Um, I had uh, Luna Vachon. I'm going to... I'm going to unfortunately bury Luna and then we're going to push Ted DiBiase. This is out of the three of them. Ted had the better mic skills. He could get the crowd going. He was a great heel and he could really get, you know, the crowd hating on whoever he was managing at that time. Um, of course, you know, the million dollar corporation, he became, he was more of a manager as his in-ring career was winding down. And of course, he was also WCW manager for the NWO. The, uh, he was actually the financial backer for the NWO. <laughs> so you have it. No, there's only four people. Yeah. Four. Yeah. There's only four people in the NWO, apparently, according to WWE. Um, there, yeah. Yeah. After that. All right, so G Money's got number one, Captain Lou Albano, Super Mario himself. Number two, Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And number three, Teddy Long. Holla, 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 holla. <laughs> Let me holla at your player. You're going to go one-on-one uh, one with The Undertaker. <laughs> it ain't happening like that now, no, player. Tag team match, player. Tag team match now, player. <laughs> uh, so, right after that, I'm going to fire Captain Lou because I don't know who the fuck that is. And you can judge me all you want. I'm fucking young buck. Oh, man. Shut your mouth. Uh, I'm gonna bury Miss Elizabeth just to piss you off, and I'm gonna push Teddy Long. <laughs> Man, Captain Lou, out of the three of them, Captain Lou actually had the best overall mic skills. I'm sure he did. Oh. <laughs> he actually uh, managed the Wild Samoans. Ah. So, um, See, hey, 
I got Mr. Fuji, ooh, oh, I pushed him to the top. Mr. Fuji's a man. So, so there we go. That was a push fire berry manager edition. So uh, let's round things out with trivia. Uh, last week, we, it was pretty, I, I wouldn't say it wasn't the most difficult trivia question in the world. Um, the question was, who did Goldberg defeat in his WCW debut? Uh, the answer to that question, um, if you got this right, go ahead and give yourself that good old-fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back. The correct answer was Hugh Morris. So Goldberg defeated Hugh Morris in his WCW debut to kick off his record undefeated streak, which was only rivaled until recently by Asuka's undefeated streak. So pretty awesome. Uh, this week's question, we're gonna, so we're going to kick it old school. Uh, which of the following was not a member of the Heenan family in the WWF? Your choices are Big John Studd, Harley Race, the Brooklyn Brawler, or the Warlord? So again, that question was, which of the following was not a member of the Heenan family in the WWF? Big John Studd, Harley Race, the Brooklyn Brawler, or the Warlord? So if you think you know the answer, you can go ahead and drop that any post on social media promoting this episode of the podcast, or you can send that an email via email to askrusselgadden at gmail.com. Just throw in the subject line, episode 29, trivia answer. And next week we'll give you the actual answer. So that's going to wrap everything up for this week. So we don't have any Q&A. Um, I guess our uh, tirade on Skater Boy 33 last week kind of scared everyone away from um, wanting to uh, ask us anything. But... um you know, sometimes you got to call a punk-ass bitch out when you when you need to call a punk-ass bitch out. So. Yep. So there you go, skater boy. So that's, that's all I got. Yeah. That's it. All right. So that's going to do it for another edition of the WrestleGannon Podcast. This was episode 29. Next, episode 30. Episode 30. Episode 30 next week. Yeah. Um, we are still working on, I want to do some giveaways. Um, we're trying to work some things out and see what we can do. Um, when we eventually do decide what we're going to, what we're going to do, it may be something pretty awesome though. Yep. I'm kind of, I'm psyched for it. So you just got to stay tuned and listen to the cast and listen, and listen every week. So the way you're going to know, um, in the same aspect, again, thank you all for listening. Um, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at WrestleGetting Podcast. Russell Gun Podcast. Yeah, Russell Gun Pod. At Russell Gun Pod with two D's. Can't even remember what the whole, whole damn handle is. And I'm going to set it up. So uh, Twitter at Russell Gun Pod with one D because again, Twitter can't handle two D's. Uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Russell Gun Podcast. And like always, email us any comments, questions, concerns at askrusselgun at gmail.com. And again, thank you all for listening. I want to send out a special thanks to some, because we call global. Global. I mentioned that earlier. We went global. Yeah, man. We got some. The uh, last couple of weeks. So, huge shout out to our listeners in England, Germany, Canada. Uh, we have a 
bunch of listeners throughout the U.S. Um, that kind of spiked with us. A uh, huge shout out again to the Chick Foley Show for helping us with that as well uh, a couple weeks ago when you know they had me on. So huge shout out to them, uh, to Phil and Marco. It was great talking with you guys and appreciate the shout out. Um, again, thank you all for listening. I'm Chris the Heat Matthews. I'm Garrett, the Money Money. And uh, yeah, wraps up the show. And we wish every girl was like Alexa Bliss. Yes, we do. Later, y'all.